Are you ready to learn? Because my super experienced guests are ready to share some really valuable information. Make sure and listen all the way to the end to get help and support. So let's start with the best audio experience. Hello, good people. Welcome to our show. Bad people, welcome to our show. Anyone who want to learn more about family business success, welcome because we are going to discuss its very important topic, including me. I have my family. I need to pay attention to my business to satisfy their intent to spend, spend time with them. And I'm so excited to discuss its very important topic with Stephen Short. How are you? I'm very well. How are you? Oh, doing great. Looking forward to learn more about that. And Stephen, before we start, just tell more about yourself, experience, background, and anything that can help our listeners to learn more about you. Sure. So I've uh, grown up in two family businesses um, from, from a very early age. I, I was doing little bits and pieces around the office. Um, started with just collating papers and photocopings and all that kind of stuff. I ended up buying both of the family businesses, uh, sold one just before COVID. So it was the, an English language school, so 100% reliant on international travel. And now I focus on our other business, which is ETC Consult, where we match the right people with the right careers. So for individuals, we do career guidance and interview skills training, things like that. And for companies, we do selection planning or selection uh, recruitment, uh, where we help them to find the ideal candidates for their open roles and we do coaching and we do training sessions with them. But <clears throat> because I've grown up in two family businesses, my passion is is really helping family businesses to scale through the generations. So that's why I have this much smaller part of the business, which is me helping people uh, who are having difficulties or thinking about or unsure where to go next in their family business succession planning. Mm -hmm. Nice. Interesting. Um, I don't want to ask you about how to hire people. I think yeah, if, mm -hmm. you're, <laughs> if you are hiring uh, your family members, yeah, you can do it. But uh, what I found we are different, you know, for example, uh, I like uh, marketing. I can spend time with that. My son mm -hmm. loves playing soccer. My wife uh, likes to spend time on Instagram and many other things. And we, we are different. We are family, but we have different habits. So can you tell how to encourage others and unite them with one goal that make mm -hmm. everyone happy? So, I mean, look, not everybody is suited to joining a family business. I mean, this is um, a harsh uh, reality. And some businesses are not set up to actually allow family members to really come in and make their own stamp. So, um, there was a comment in a previous business uh, where one of my employees said in, in a talk, he was saying that really, once you get to a certain point in a family business, you have to wait for somebody to die before you can get a promotion. And this is true of small family businesses. Sometimes it can be difficult to to actually grow. You, you hit a point at which the business just can't uh, take anymore. So there's a couple of things that I suggest to people. <clears throat> Sorry, first of all, is your son in the family business or is he, what age is your son? Ah, uh, 12 years old, but okay, yeah, so, <laughs> but he started so, TikTok. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so 12 years old, there's a possibility. He doesn't really know anything, but he doesn't know what he wants to do. He might not, he might say, oh, I like to do that. Or I want to be a soccer player. Or, I want to be a movie star. Or, I want to be whatever. What I find is it's around 15, 16, maybe 14 where, with some kids when they don't really, the idea of joining the family business, they don't like because all they hear from their parents at the family dinner table is the parents 
giving out about, oh, this stupid supplier, oh, this customer is driving me insane, or oh, my employee did something really stupid. Because home at the family table is really the only place that the current generation can cathect and can give out and can actually release the stress of having to, to run a business. Because it can be very lonely and very stressful to be running a business. So all the kid hears at the dinner table is all of the problems in the business. So of course the kid is going to be looking at the parents going, why on earth would I even think about joining that hellhole? It sounds horrible. But then at around 14, 15, maybe 16, uh, the kids are going to, they're not doing a summer camp. They're not doing anything constructive. They haven't got a summer job. And the parent says, there's no way you're just sitting around the house. You're coming into the office with me. And then they come into the office and they start to see some of the things and they start to see the business and they start to see it from a different point of view. And they discover things that they actually enjoy doing in the business. And they go, oh, actually, this is, I really enjoy this part of it, or I really enjoy the process, or I really enjoy the creativity, or I really enjoy something that fits within their personality. And they've never thought about it before. And that's when a lot of kids, if they have any inclination of joining the family business, it's around then that they start to see, oh, I could, I could actually do some, I could have a, a good life here. Um, but the other thing that I say to people um, as a kind of a thought exercise is to say that no family member should join the family business, like no second generation should join the family business. The family business should join that family member. So if you're building it, so let's say in three, four years time, your son decides, okay, he's coming into work, he's going to do some bits and pieces. And you see, maybe you're focusing more on uh, the AI text and the tech side of things and the creative side of things, but actually he's more interested in, I don't know, events, or he's more interested in, in something else, which is could be an add-on to the business, but it's our job as the current generation to see where where does the business need to be in order for Junior to be able to hit the ground running and flourish. So what changes can we make now that will move the trajectory so we're actually moving in the right direction for them to be successful to join the family business. Um, so understanding what the strengths and what the interests are of the of the next generation, um, they might not they're not going to do things exactly the same way as we did, nor should they, because the market has changed so much that if they kept doing the things that we did, the company's going to fail in ten years' time because they need to adapt and change. So what's the best way to set them up for success? Mm -hmm. Yeah, interesting. Let's talk about planning. How to create the right plan? Because I think everything starts from the right plan. Uh, and what mm -hmm. I usually see when uh, businesses just start generic plan, uh, replicating competitors, uh, do the same. But it's important <laughs> to stand out from the rest in order to create uh, something new. So tell how to craft the right plan. So really, when it comes to succession planning, there's five steps. There's the five P's of successful succession. The first one is um, the the plan, not the, sorry. <laughs> the first one is the purpose, not the plan. The whole thing is a plan. The first one is purpose. What's the purpose of the family business? Why are we here? What are we aiming to do? If you're in the process now of saying, okay, well, I've got maybe 15 years before Junior's taking over then you need to have a maybe 20-year vision for the business. Somewhere it can go beyond when you're involved in the business. If it's shorter, if it's a shorter amount of time, so let's say the, the next generation has been working in the business for, for a little while already, <clears throat> excuse me, and they're saying, okay, I'd like to take over, then you need to have a five-year vision of where you want to be if you're exiting. 
But Junior has to have a 30-year vision, a very, very long-term vision of the business. And those two have to align for the first five years to make sure you're all going in the same direction. Uh, so the purpose of the family business. Then there's the pick. The second P is pick. Who's the right person? And it can also be who's the right person for now. We might say, look, we want to build the business from 3 million to 12 million over the next 10 years. And that's the daughter. The daughter is super focused on being the CEO, growing, out networking, developing the business. But her brother is actually very process driven and very um, operationally strong. So once we get it to 12 million, we think, okay, it's, it's actually going to be fairly stable and we can keep the business ticking over for 10 years. So that's when the brother might be actually the best leader for the organization. So that's all part of the purpose and where are we going? And then we have the pick who's the right person to do this. Once mm -hmm. we have the pick, yeah. Yeah. then we have the prepare. The third P is prepare. So you've got to spend time coaching the next generation, being able to develop the next generation. They've got to also go and maybe get some training outside, whether that's academic training or whether that's working in another environment to a similar level. You can't have, <clears throat> you can, I mean, no, I'm not telling anybody what they can or can't do, but just because your daughter has a TikTok account doesn't mean that she should be the VP of marketing. So she needs to go and do the training and learn how it's done either in the trenches somewhere else, or she needs to start in your family business at, at the very bottom and work her way up. Now, as families, as siblings or kids are, uh, are working their way up, obviously they're going to be getting more coaching. They're going to be getting more training than maybe some of the other people starting at the same time because it's family business. That's the way it is. But they're still starting from as low as we can possibly bring them in and bringing them up through the organization so as they've earned it. Mm -hmm. um, the fourth P then is promote. At some stage, you're going to actually have to hand the baton. You're going to have to give the keys of the castle to the next generation and give them the job. So promote them to the role of the, the head of the business. But there is a second meaning of the word promote. You have to be there as the current generation is handing over the keys. You have to be their biggest cheerleader. You have to be shouting from the rooftops. Junior has my full support because it's so easy for people who've been in the business for a long time to, let's say, consult with the current generation. Go, oh, I really don't like that decision or we're making too many changes here. Publicly, you have to be 100% in, in support of the the direction the junior is taking the business behind closed doors you can have as many conversations as you want you can have the um the coaching you can have the the disagreements but publicly you've got to be supportive and yeah. then the fifth p the last p is patience because stuff is going to hit the fan things are going to go wrong but we're learning and we're growing and we're developing so those are the five p's of succession planning yeah, I think patience works everywhere. It doesn't matter. Family business, just business. You need to be patient because when mm -hmm. we build something new, usually build high expectations. But when pitfalls are coming, when problems are coming, you understand that uh, this way it's not simple. Yeah, and especially if you start something new, uh, you need to understand that you have competitors who spend decades, you know, to craft their businesses and you need to compete with them. Uh, I want to ask about uh, the aspect of, uh, for example, if we have different view, how to grow business, how to go ahead. For example, in my company, I can decide myself everything mm -hmm. because, uh, yeah, of course, I can listen uh, to others, uh, but I, I'm 
I usually make my conclusions where to go. But if I remember when I had a business with my two brothers and we had different views of growing this business, of going ahead. Uh, and yeah, that was hard to uh, keep doing this business. So we quit with that. Can you tell about uh, what to do? So who is the boss? <laughs> How mm-hmm. to set up this uh, thing, you know, to tell, okay, uh, we can discuss, but I will decide in the end mm-hmm. where we go. So any tips about that? So this, I mean, it comes back to the, the whole thing of a camel is a horse designed by committee. It doesn't work. <laughs> it's not, it's not correct. Yeah. So, Ultimately, in any business, there has to be one final decision maker. Now, traditionally, the like historically and things like that, it has been either the father or the eldest brother. They're the default decision makers. Thankfully, now things have moved and things have changed and um, other people can be seen to be um, a better leader or a, a better, safer pair of hands. So first of all it comes back to the purpose like what's the long-term vision of the company and and how can we align on that and you said you two brothers you were working together and you couldn't decide on which was the way what were we doing so it means that every time every time you have a problem with each of the steps of the p you've got to go back to the previous one so in this case we're looking at the very first one what's the purpose if we can't agree on what we're trying to accomplish with the business that's like, there's no point in going through the rest of the things because we need to get alignment on where we're going. Now, there is something for next generations and it's, it's, it's something that I advocate for quite a lot. Let's say your son is coming into the business and wants to do something, but you want to either start him off low or kind of spark the entrepreneurial spirit in him a little bit. So you can, you, we've all heard of these things of, of side hustles, you know, having this side hustle doing this and a side hustle doing that. What I challenge family businesses to do for training the next generation is to create an inside hustle. So what's the hustle you can have inside your business? A little project or a new division or a new product or service, which is very closely aligned with what you currently do. The next generation gets to use the resources of the business without risking the resources of the business, but they get to grow that, learn that, see what works. If it works, the the new thing is... Um, folded back into the business becomes part of the core offering. If it doesn't work, it can be left to to wither on the vine. What can we learn? What have we developed? What have we learned from this? What can we apply? Um, and then we can move on to the next thing. So, if it's if it's a case of who's got the decisions to make, maybe the next generation has an idea of doing something. We should be taking the business in this way. It's like okay, let's do an inside project, an inside hustle. You run it, and let's see what the uh, what the results of that are and see if it's going to be our new main business or a part of our main business. Um, uh, there was a story of sunglasses manufacturer in South Africa. The nephew came in to join the business, wanted to build a new brand. So learned everything there was and you took all of the information of the sunglasses business. It was a bit of an older brand. The sunglass, the new brand went gangbusters. It became really popular. So they actually sold the old business brand and kept the new brand and that's what they built so it was a new inside hustle that became 10 times bigger than the old business mm-hmm. yeah interesting interesting uh i want to ask about uh mobility you know it's interesting that uh, i found that when you work with small team you can adapt fast to uh mm-hmm. something new that environment technologies 
uh, will bring to us. Uh, can you tell how to be mobility? I don't know, like uh, how, for example, uh, I made a lot of terrible mistakes. I made many slight mistakes. Welcome, welcome yeah. to the club. <laughs> yeah, it's part of the process. I remember, uh, uh, but uh, uh, some mistakes I can't avoid. I usually learn from them. That's okay. You know, mm -hmm. I think uh, everyone has mistakes and uh, uh, only people who do nothing, uh, they don't make mistakes <laughs> because they do nothing. But I want to ask about how to be, uh, I mean, I mean, like how to change your mind. For example, I set up my plan, but it doesn't work. I found what's going on and I need to change my mind to find another direction. So can you tell how to set up this process in family business? <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, it, it, it's it's the same for any business. Now, obviously, if you're in a multi-generational business and let's say the parents have were the ones that through blood, sweat and tears built the business, developed everything, and they kind of even consciously or subconsciously look at the next generation and a bit, oh, you're so soft or you don't have the hunger because they, we haven't, like the next generation, and I say we as a second generation entrepreneur, uh, yeah, we didn't have to put in all that blood, sweat and tears because the business was already up and running to a certain degree. Now we can grow it and we can develop it and we can do new things with it. But there can be that tension and having those conversations like happened in my business when I had to try and, so I have one sister. Um, so there's only two of us, two kids. My sister's not involved in the business at all. But I had to convince my parents after I'd bought the businesses from them, but I still had to convince them that it was okay to sell their third child because it is the, like something that they've spent 25 years building. Um, and then, uh, so having those conversations, you have to have the same as any organization, you have to have milestones, both positive and negative. So when you're scoping out what you want to do and when you're planning out what you're going to do, you say, okay, and then we'll be able to hit this and we'll do this in revenue and we'll have this many clients or we'll have um, these many offices or whatever the milestones and the KPIs that you're working through from in a, in a quarterly point of view or an annual point of view, you also need to have negative milestones to say, actually, if we hit mi minus 20K, we are doing something very, very wrong. So we need to, at that point, stop everything else we're doing and reassess Maybe our marketing messaging is wrong. Maybe our product fit is wrong or whatever. So having negative milestones also gives you a guide as to whether you're in the right direction or not. And you might have like positive milestones could be we're losing 20,000 because we know that that's in our plan to be able to make a half a million in two years time because we're, we need a run rate and all the rest of it. But so long as you have those negatives as well as the positives to say, we need to address this. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, when I'm hiring uh, new people, uh, I usually test them, uh, I speak with them, I, I need to understand their personality, uh, discipline, m many things. But, you know, uh, in family business, uh, my wife can tell me, you know, we can't do this stuff, it's better to go to the birthday party to our friends, we can't skip it, you know. I remember when Elon Musk uh, didn't attend in his brother's wedding. <laughs> because he uh, did his business but in family business it's hard so can you tell mm -hmm. uh i can't fire some people uh, like my wife but uh how to uh be consistent and have this discipline in your family to tell no way we need to do business because we can't compete with others any tips about that <laughs> 
Uh, well, it comes back to everything about your business being the the purpose of the business. Like, why why are you doing what you're doing? And then what are the values? Um, so one of my, my personal core values is family. Um, so I have missed conferences and I have missed, uh, I have delayed going on different trips because I want to be here for each of my kids' birthdays or I want to make sure that I'm here for my wedding anniversary or if I can't, if if I have if there's a conference that I have really have to have to be at, um, I'll bring everybody with me for that weekend, for example, so as we can still celebrate together. So it comes down to the to what your values are, and if your one of your values is actually your high ambition and you want to grow the business and you want to be able to to spend ten years working like nobody else will work, so you can spend the next forty years living like nobody else would be able to live, then that's absolutely uh, legitimate way of looking at your business so long as you're both aligned on that and if you're both aligned on that then that's the way to go mm -hmm. nice, if you're nice. not both aligned on it then um you've got to come to some kind of a compromise or some kind of a, an agreement between you as a partnership um what do we want what's the purpose of this business mm -hmm. yeah okay let's talk about Sorry for my dogs. They usually take part on my podcast. <laughs> That's <all the> okay. Time. <laughs> and yeah, but you know, it's live. People can listen. It's live, you know. Uh -huh. And uh, uh, I want to ask about this quote, successful succession that I see on my screen. <laughs> Tell mm -hmm. about that because, you know, in my business, uh, I had two sides. Uh, uh, failures, a lot of failing. Uh, when Because, you know, we usually start from best practices, generic uh methods then we fail and think how we can adapt how to go ahead for example when i started pr uh i wrote a bunch of press releases i pitched all of them and got nothing but mm -hmm. i learned how it works uh, and i hired a great uh, specialist who can write also press releases i hired people who can pitch them and uh, we created the process to get mentions on CNN, Forbes, many other websites because of the process. So, but, uh, you know, when I see the quote successful succession, uh, I think we can add something failing failure. <laughs> so can you tell mm -hmm. how to, uh, I mean, like, uh, be patient, yeah, okay. Uh, how to uh, don't give up if something uh, is going wrong and it's all the time, you know, uh, it can take uh, a few months even years you mm -hmm. know for according to some business model so uh, tell uh, tips about that <laughs> so i just had a conversation with a uh, family business yesterday we just we were doing a, a strategic planning session and they're starting a new add-on like an inside hustle to to what they're doing and they were getting a little bit discouraged by the fact that they weren't getting the signups and they weren't getting they weren't converting and they got a little bit they did a bit of free publicity but what the cold hard truth is entrepreneurship is hard if it was easy everybody would be doing it and everybody would be a millionaire um like it's it's tough and there are days and there are weeks when you're looking at the computer screen and you're trying to come up with how can i possibly phrase this to make you idiots buy my stuff like i need to like why are you not buying it this will change your life Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, Jack Daly talks about this and he says that there's, uh, like you need to have a minimum of seven exposures to your brand before somebody even registers you as a brand and most people. Um, so when you're doing this and you've, 
done a lot of podcast episodes and you've done a lot of social media posts and it feels like there's very little engagement and people are not, they're not converting. But then a tipping point comes and after your hundredth episode or something like that, then things start to happen because your process is getting better. You're getting more streamlined. And plus people have seen maybe 10 of your episodes and they've, they've watched passively. And then something happens where they go, actually, I need exactly what they're doing. I know exactly who I need to talk to. So it's not what you did in that episode, or it's not what you said in that social media post. It's all the work you put in for the years, weeks, months, whatever, before that, that led to that uh, flare point. So keeping going is, it's tough, but you have to do it because all of these overnight successes and like all of the overnight successes that you know about, if you actually speak to those people, they were an overnight success that was 10 years in the making because they had to push it and it's something they believed in and something they wanted to see happen. And then the, the market accepted them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about struggles. Can you tell what kind of struggles uh, family businesses usually have and your tips how to find another way? Uh, yeah, I mean, I have a quote there on the website as well, which is uh, blood is thicker than water, but it boils faster because family have a way of just getting under your skin a way that nobody else in this world is able to do. Um so yeah, I mean, some of it is multi-generational stuff. So if you're in business with siblings, like you were with your brothers, um, yeah. some of that is really deciding on what's the what's the purpose? Like, where are we going with this? And everyone has different ideas. And like, okay, maybe we're actually better off um, actually splitting up the company and you do that, I'll do this and you do the other thing and we'll just be supportive of each other. Maybe in a bit of competition from a financial point of view, but it's... Mm-hmm. We need to be doing our own thing because we're not agreed on where we're going. What I see with second generation or third generation is a lot of, I mean, you've seen the studies in Kellogg, uh, Kellogg's where they say like only like 20% of family businesses make it through to the second generation. The common misconception is that that's the second generation's fault. It's actually not. More often than not, it's the current generation's fault for not actually allowing the company to be flexible enough for the change that needs to happen when the second generation takes over. So you have uh, systems that are not fit for the future. They were fit for the past and they've kind of struggled on usually with either the charm, charisma or just pure brute force of the current generation. They just kept it going with like glue and chewing gum and all this kind of stuff. But actually once you start to try to put in real processes or real structures or real messaging. It just isn't built for that. So it collapses and the next generation has to go and do something else. Or you've also got people that are working in the business who have been in the business for 30 years. They've been employees of the current generation and they're kind of really set in their ways. They don't really want to change. They don't feel they don't need to change. They've got 10 years before retirement. They're not going to get a job somewhere else. So they're just going to, no, we're going to see this through the way that it's going to be. And that's death to the, to the family business. Yeah. <laughs> so what uh, I talk about with at the beginning is there's four S's that can happen with a family business when the current generation has decided that they've had enough. The first is stop. The current generation just says no more business, close the doors, everything shuts down or they die or goes out of business or whatever. So stop. The second one is sell. 
there are lots of businesses, there's lots of advisors and tax advisors and legal advisors and everybody else, M&A specialists, that can help you with that. I, that's not what I'm interested in. The third, which is my least favorite of the three, is survive, where they put somebody in place just to keep things going. And unfortunately, more often than not, that survive is actually just a very slow stop because the competitors, the market, everything else is going to catch up with you and you're going to slowly, slowly decline and have a miserable, miserable time doing it. The fourth is scale. And that's what I want to help people do. I want to help people, family businesses scale through the generations. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, believable. Uh, Stephen, I want to ask about toxic environment. Um, I don't uh, want to have it, uh, but I had uh, in my business many years ago, uh, not many years ago, like four years ago, we worked on a biz a big project uh, and I didn't have time to pay attention to environment in my company. Mm -hmm. And that was a big mistake. Uh, a good players left my team. And because of toxic environment, I started to research, investigate it, and found, yeah, it happened. So after that, we changed some policy, we changed my, my, many things. But, you know, uh, it's interesting, for example, uh, in my business, I have no family members. As, uh, my wife doesn't know what I usually do. They don't mm -hmm. know anything about my business. Uh, and But uh, let's imagine, for example, I think I love my wife. Uh, I can spend time a lot with her. But sometimes we can argue. We can uh, see things differently. And, mm -hmm. you know, in family uh, business, for example, we need to go ahead. But uh, when we have this... Uh, uh, something not good uh, in our relationship uh, we still need to go ahead with the business can you tell what how to overcome it how to decide mm -hmm. these problems that uh, usually take some short time it depends on the family but uh, to keep going ahead <laughs> so the issue keeps coming back to the purpose of the business so what are we trying to accomplish because so if you there's a, a book called crucial conversations which has a fabulous seven-step process for getting through difficult conversations or or disagreements within teams and the, the same is absolutely applicable to family members what we're telling ourselves going into this it, we need to be aware of this like what are we are we saying oh my god she's she's ranting and raving again or oh my god he just will not get it through his head that so we're we're telling ourselves stories which we're creating these unconscious biases when we're going into this conversation. We then need to have the conversation listening to their side of it because they might be right. And we have to be open to the fact that not everything that comes from our mouths is gospel yeah, and 100% right. So understanding where they're coming from with their point of view and where we're coming from from our point of view, it's the classic. You've seen two people looking at a figure on the ground and one of them sees a six and one of them sees a nine because of their perspective. They're both right, but they can't agree on it. So having that conversation and looking at it from different points of view allows us to have the path forward. But the most important part of this is actually having the path forward and making the steps to actually move past the conflict for the betterment of the family, the family business or the business, like whatever it is for us to keep moving forward as opposed to getting stuck and mired in this issue. We need to move past that for the betterment of everybody. Now, there are times and in families and in family businesses and in other businesses, it could be that the only way to move past that is actually to separate because we're, we want two vastly different things. And you might have had this situation with your brothers where you're going, look, we can't agree on this. So the best thing, unfortunately, is for us to part ways right now. Um, and I'm going to go this way and you're going to go that way. And then 
um, we just wish each other well uh, with families and family businesses and relationships. It's it's not as, it's not as simple as that, but yeah. it does. We do need to come back to the purpose. What are we trying to build as a family? What are we trying to build as a family business? And what are we trying to build as an enterprise? Um, because if we're stuck in this conflict, we're not doing any of that. So we need to resolve this conflict, not put a bandaid over it. We need to actually resolve it and move on for the betterment of everybody. Yeah, nice, nice, valuable. Uh, Steven, um, let's talk about common mistakes that we can avoid in family business. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, because, yeah, I made ma many mistakes, some of them terrible. I remember when in, uh, yeah, in uh, 2008, I lost my business, financial company, when the world Oof. crisis, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. Uh, the world crisis came. Uh, to my company, destroyed uh, all my uh, investments. Uh, yeah, I got a lot of uh, profit, but yeah, anyway, I got experience. Uh, the next time when the Ukrainian revolution destroyed my second business, uh, I didn't have debts. So I uh, got experience how to go ahead, how to survive and uh, create a digital marketing agency, ACO tools, many things. But, you know, uh, I want to ask about mistakes that businesses can avoid from your experience because some mistakes we need to do to learn from them and some mistakes we can avoid so can you list these mistakes uh, that companies still do or families still do so from a family business point of view really it's it's not getting aligned on what the purpose of the business is especially in intergenerational from parents to to children not having a clear vision on both sides that people can agree on this is the direction of the company um the next one that i see more often than not is when remember i talked about that um, promote that you have to be the biggest cheerleader the one of the biggest mistakes that i see is that the current generation they can't let go of being the leader of that company it's been it's been a core part of their identity for 40 50 years and they find it impossible to not step back in and try to shape decisions and try to say, oh, no, no, you shouldn't do that. We should do this. And no, don't mind what he said. We'll do it this way. And that leads to utter disaster. No matter, once you step out, you can't just occasionally step back in because you don't have all the information. So it's what I see a lot. So have you ever heard of the hero's journey, which is the, the hero's journey is basically every form of literature tells the same kind of story. So the heroes, it's, it's a circle. Uh, the hero starts up here in the status quo. They get a call to adventure. And before they go into the special world, before they have this adventure, um, they usually meet, they either meet a mentor or they find some kind of a widget that helps them um, in the special world. So if you think of Harry Potter, that's uh, Dumbledore. If you think of Star Wars, that's Yoda. If you think of... Um, uh, the matrix it's morpheus all of these like i'm yeah. okay i'm a bit of a nerd i've mentioned three real geeky things there but um they always meet this mentor that helps them to be successful in the the special world and then they come back a better person that's the the end of the hero story is to return back to the to the real world having grown as a person what i find is what i want is for current generations members family business owners to come back to the real world and become the mentor for the next generation's hero's journey because they have to go through this journey themselves what i find the biggest problem is current generation leaders 
want to stay in that special world. They can't bring themselves to leave to come back. But the most powerful things happen when they come out of the special world back to the real world with a new identity for themselves and they become the mentor of the next generation's hero's journey. That's when that's when you see magical things happen. Mm -hmm. Nice, nice. Uh, Steven, I found that we usually get high results in my company with clients who understand SEO. If they understand, then we can go ahead like a cohesive team. Uh, my clients understand why we need to create high quality content why we need to pay more attention to getting uh, sales than traffic, many things. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, but if they don't, uh, I tell them, take my course, learn from Jeff Coyle, Lily Ray, Chelsea Alvis, Mike Phillips, many great experts. Uh, go to Google, YouTube, just learn. Get the basic how it works. Uh, I want to ask you, let's imagine uh, you started from scratch without any experience, knowledge, skills. It's your first day in family business you want to create your business so what will you do today if you started from scratch uh so this is any family business starting somebody who wants yeah. to set up a business that they know they're going to pass on to their kids or they want their kids to to take on is that what you're talking about yeah someone decided i need to open family mm -hmm. business so first okay. day when he decided <laughs> yeah. yeah um so it's Ultimately, what's the ultimate? What's the BHAG? What's the big, hairy, audacious goal? What are you aiming for? What are you you looking for? Um, if you want the kids to join or other people to join to take over from you, and you have to be looking at this to be they're going to join you in the business and then take over from you. So there's a big, there's a different mindset there. Understanding what their strengths are, what their abilities are, and what their interests are to see how they can align or how we can make the company align with what they're doing. Um, but then, I mean, it, it's a very long-term play. If you're setting up a business from anything, you know yourself, it takes hard work and hustle and hours and you've got to focus on the customer and focus on the, the customer support and uh, get the money in and be able to keep as much of the money as you possibly can within the business before you start paying out lavish salaries. But if you're setting up, if you're thinking of setting up a family business, and this is, I've actually had a lot of people, friends of mine who ne who were founders, of, who are founders of, of businesses, who never thought that they could have a family business. The, the idea of setting up a business to be a family business had never occurred to them. But actually, when they talk to me about how they can have the business join the family member, then they start to think about ways that they can adapt their business or inside hustles that they can create within the business to allow their kids um to experience what it would be like uh, and to have that opportunity and, and excitement mm -hmm. yeah and my final question about the future i want to ask you to take your crystal ball and tell mm -hmm. what kind of future will be in family business because many things are coming we have ai today technologies are going fast and it's hard to compete with big companies mm -hmm. that have resources that adapt to this technology so any tips how to adapt to the possible future and how this future will look like? <laughs> so I'm actually seeing a lot of um, chatter online now about the future of entrepreneurship is actually solopreneurship, that people will set up their own small little businesses, be doing business with each other and create networks as opposed to huge corporations where people are able to, to benefit from each other. Um, I think there will still be bigger companies There, there always, there always has been this, like, whether you want to call it 1% or, uh, there's a portion which are bigger and smaller and the, the, 
spread gets uh, wider. Um, I do think that there will be um, a resurgence almost in family businesses because I think there will be a focus on people being able to actually compete with the bigger businesses, taking in some things in AI, taking in some um, offshoring things, or there might be some kids that go, look, I'm going to move to the Philippines for a couple of a couple of years, or I'm going to move to Bali and be able to work remotely because we have all these digital tools. Um, and so I can help you in the business from that point of view, but I don't want to be operational or whatever. So I think there's going to be a lot more flexibility. So I can see the number of family businesses rising again. I mean, in the US, there's about 5 million family businesses as it stands yeah. at the moment. So there's still there's still a lot oh. of family businesses. Um, and that's the one they're, they're the one that's not counting the entrepreneurs that have set up a business that haven't thought about it being a family business. Those are ones that are recognized and registered as multi-generational businesses within different organizations. Um, so I can see a rise in that, um, with things, even businesses like yours, for example, where in a couple of years time, your son or your wife or somebody might join the business as it grows. Um, and it might, I mean, you could be running very successfully a, a multi-million euro business with a very small team um, and being successful and happy doing what you're doing just with the, a small team of people who could be family getting the benefit from it. So I can, I, I don't think everything is going to go down this corporate road where everything is going to be a corporate and we're just going to be automatons because I think the percentage of people whose personality lends itself to being good entrepreneurs will always be there and people will want to do their own thing. Yeah, nice, nice. Valuable. Uh, Stephen, it's a big pleasure to get on my show, to learn from you. Tell our audience the best way, how to keep learning from you, how to reach out to you, how to follow you. Uh, so everything's on the website, uh, successfulsuccession.com. Uh, I have a podcast, which is called The Killer Family Business Podcast, because I have a book that I'm writing called Build a Killer Family Business Without Killing Your Family. Um, so the, the book will be, it'll probably be next year to be honest at this stage. Um, but I do keynotes, I do videos, I release stuff on the blog. Um, love being on podcasts, love talking about this stuff because it's something that I feel very passionate about. Yeah. Nice. You know, I love reading books. It's my loving format. Uh, can you share benefits? Uh, what kind of benefits are you going to add in your book? Because, you know, I have a teeny percent of books that uh, I can read, you know, because many mm -hmm. great books, but uh, I usually review them. And if I see that I get more benefits by reading this book, then I submit to my list. So tell what kind of benefits we can get from your book. Uh, and yeah, just unhide uh, some secrets that you are going to share on your book. So it, it's going to be uh, it's going to be going deeper, mostly into the five P's and, and how we can actually mm. discover what our purpose is and how we can get aligned on our purpose, how we can pick the right people. So, I mean, we are a selection company, so we know everything there is to know about picking from personality and attributes and abilities and things like that. So there'll be a lot of information about that um, and the promote uh, and prepare. There'll be tips and stories on that. The other stuff that I'll be talking about is in the pick, for example, uh, is a friend of mine who has a huge company uh, in Spain uh, making tins for fruit. Uh, he has three kids. Uh, the eldest has no interest in taking over the family business, but loves working in the business. So he's a middle manager, has a great quality of life, comes in, works really hard, comes home, has holidays, uh, has the, the life that he wants to have. 
The next down is the daughter and she doesn't want to take over the business. She's more the, uh, she does the accounts, the HR kind of back office kind of stuff. It's where she prefers to be. It's the youngest son who wants to take over the family business. So understanding the personalities and the strengths as to how people can play uh, the best role that they can in the family business. So there'll be a lot of that in the book as well and how to, to identify some of that and how to put that into practice for your own success to scale through the generations. Yeah, love it, love it. I'm going to uh, add your book in my list, you know, guys, when this book... I haven't written it yet, uh, but thank you. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to read it <laughs> because uh, I feel this value, you know, and yeah, of course, it's important to get practical tips. You mentioned mm -hmm. uh, how to execute, how to implement in practice because you can learn a lot, but if you do nothing, you get nothing. Stephen, it's a big pleasure. Uh, tell our audience the best way how to keep learning from you, how to reach out to you. Uh, ah, you mentioned mm -hmm. about your website and uh, uh, your social media accounts. Uh, LinkedIn, Success, Twitter, SuccessfulSuccession.com, everything is listed there. Okay, guys, you can find the link in the description below. Listen us on Apple, Google, Spotify, and see you next time. Thanks for listening to this entire podcast. Please rank your experience in Apple, Spotify, Google, or any other platforms that you may use. Also, please share your ranking mark on chat at seotools.tv to get a special gift. We'll see you soon on other valuable audio podcasts.